Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you will become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. show, Sean and I are going to talk about cash flow and profit. Sounds boring, I know, but hang out with me for a second. As an entrepreneur, when cash flow is going well, you feel on top of the world. It even gets a little easier to get a little spendier. I've been there. You have charities calling, asking you for this and that. You want to get a little more giving with your client gifts, etc. But think about this. What's it feel like during growing pains or when a launch didn't go quite as planned and cash flow is tight? Your first initial response is to get out the chopping block and to pull back. Well, we're going to give you some things to look for in your business ahead of time and some strategies that you can apply in your business so that you can feel comfortable even during those intense stages of your business. This is the Fit CFO Show. Good morning or afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) Whenever you're listening. I usually listen in the morning. What time do you usually listen to podcasts? AM when I'm on the treadmill. You listen to them when you're working out. Yeah, but now I'm pretty deep in some cardio, so. No, like during training. Like when you're Yeah, I mean, when you're a nerd, you're a nerd. One thing I did notice, I can't listen to books while I'm training, but for some reason, podcasts. I don't know. I mean, more power to you because that's like a full hour of education right there content you can consume i I wish i could do that and let's be honest there's a lot of time that my airpods out of my ear and i'm chair chatting and and he's um, like one of the guys that goes in the gym and chit chats and hey like you have to have social hour now and then his social hour i'm like hi i'm out (laughs) focused all the i make my friends (laughs) no but you and i are totally different uh, gym personalities. It's funny. It cracks me up. Yeah, it's the extrovert in me that comes out when I'm in the gym. I don't know why. You know, it's funny because I'm the type of person I can sing on stage. I can talk in front of a group of people. I can be on video, do these podcasts. I have no issue, but if you put me in a room to small talk my way through it, and I am t- terrified. And Sean is absolutely the complete opposite. He could small talk all day long. Do you think it's like the farm kid in you? I think it's the, yes. Um, we, we always did that on the farm. We'd go for coffee or we'd be at the cell barn and you always just chitter chattered. And yeah. So you could small talk all day long today because you were at Starbucks this morning. I am extremely caffeinated. Holy cow. <laughs> I figured something new out today. Well, you know how we usually just, um, order on the app and yeah. pick out. Like I went there to work this morning. I went through some show notes and went there to work this morning for a little bit. And holy cow, I got done with my venti um, coffee. And I'm like, just curious, what does it cost for a refill? And she's like, oh, they're free. And oh my goodness, like my world has changed now. No one so. needs free refills of Starbucks <laughs> coffee. It's so strong. I'm two venties deep. Well, today we really wanted to bring the topic of cash flow to the table, like the difference between cash flow and profit. They're two different things. And we talk a lot about the cash flow statement. It's one of those things where when you filed your taxes this past year, or this year for last year, you probably noticed two different things that the cash flow that your business has is different than the profit number that your business has. I so mean, that's I always something that 
that people mess up in the um, when they're first starting out in business and understanding the difference between what was reported on taxes and what actually um, happened uh, cash wise in the business. Yep, because you will get down to that bottom line of your of your tax statement. Your CPA is telling you, here's what you have due, here's the profit that you made. Yet you may go look at your bank account and see a complete like, well, how am I supposed to pay this? I don't have that money in the bank. That's not what's in my bank account. This is exactly why. And this is why we wanted to bring this up. We thought May would be a really good time to kind of bring this information up to you. Let's dive into what the profit means, what the cash flow means of a business where they come from. So profit, when we're going to look at profit, it's usually coming from the performance of the business, um, the profit and loss or the income statement. Okay. That is the money that you earned for a certain period of time. Um, so it takes the revenue that comes into the business, it's just subtract all the current expenses, and that is going to be your profit. And the problem is, is it doesn't tell the whole picture. It doesn't get into the cash flow of the working parts of a business. And that's where we're going to try to understand as more on cash flow um, today and, and dive into what that really means uh, for a business owner. So the cash flow is the outgoing or incoming of the actual cash of the business and has nothing to do with the profit or the performance of the business during that period of time. So I'm going to dive into a little bit of some cash flow nuances and some things that um, get people like tripped up when they're looking at their business and business numbers. So the cash flow is covering things that are not just necessarily current ex- current expenses, right? They're they're actually the cash flow is going to cover like period like previous period um, like. The cash flow is going to cover things that you did in the past as well. Like, for example, if you paid expenses in the past with debt, now you have debt payments. And those debt payments now are covered by the current profits of the business. So it's actually taking cash flow out of your business to pay prior expenses you've already written off. And you have to pay down that principal with profits. So a lot of times, you're going to be short on cash, even though you may be running a profitable business. Yeah. And this is one thing that I noticed in one of my prior businesses is I acquired a book of business for a lump sum and depreciated that down. Well, it's not like you get to write off that full debt payment every single month um, because it's coming out of your business account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get the write off the interest expense, but the 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 prior expenses, you know, for example, I'm thinking if you you purchased a printer last um, last year, last month, you might you might use it as a expense at that time, but couldn't afford to pay for it. But now you're paying for it over time off of like a credit card, so yeah. you're paying down the principal, of the credit uh, right. card, but you're you're not able to write off the whole amount. Yeah, Another like one that gets people um, that I, I see is is taxes. A lot of times you're going to pay your taxes out of your business, which is cool, but it's not a business deduction. It's mm-hmm. actually a personal tax that's due. So it takes the cash out of your business. Yeah. And essentially it's an owner's draw. So where we want to take people here is understanding their statement of cash flows. And a lot of times you're going to need a professional or accounting system to be able to come up with something like this. It's not something that you can just open up your bank account and see. Um, it's one of the three financial statements that we talk about. 
And um, it's one of the most important ones, even though it's probably, it's probably like the ugly stepchild that never <laughs> gets talked about, but it's, it's one of the most important ones because it really helps you understand the flow of your business and where things are going. So do you need that from day one when you're just launching? Probably not. But as you become more complex and you have debts and you have employees and maybe you have some inventory, shit gets a lot more complex. And the only way to know if you're doing well or not is um, have a statement of cash flows because you could have um, negative profits in the business, but positive cash flow, right? Because you might be financing some of the operations with debt. So you have more money in your bank account, but you're actually running in the negative and you actually would lose track on how well you're doing um, if you're not following a system or knowing the ins and outs of the cash of the business and where it's coming from. And what I like about the statement of cash flows is when you are tracking this and like when we, when you work with somebody like us, you get this information every single month. And so what you're able to do is you're able to see trends ahead of time to be able to kind of protect your business and say, okay, something's going to need to change or we're going to be in trouble here soon. Yeah. It allows you just to have a time of reflection of how it's going. Um, maybe you need to reassess what you're doing in the operations and it's going to lead into some things we're going to talk about in a little bit that you may need to implement in your business. So let's first talk about the don'ts uh, when cash flow is getting tight in business. And I really wanted to bring this part up just from like understanding the side of being an entrepreneur. It's so easy to want to, first of all, pump the brakes like, oh crap, stuff's getting tight. I don't have money coming in like I did, spend less on marketing, you know, all of these other things. That is the one thing that we don't want to do because one thing that we need to remember is when it comes to marketing strategies, we know that what we do now is reflected three to six months from now. So if we pump the brakes now, we're not going to help our situation in three to six months. So that's the first thing we don't want to do is pump the brakes on everything. And also you don't want to go into that decision when you see cash is getting tight and like you're emotionally attached to that cash, you're emotionally attached to everything. So sometimes having a third party assess and look at it, maybe it's your business mentor, maybe it's fit CFO, but like you don't want to be blind, but yet you don't want to make emotional decisions. So make sure you, you get the information you need and make an informed decision before you would just pump the brakes. Breaks, right. I, I kind of want to give you an example of what this looks like. Um, I have a client that had a successful business uh, for a couple of years, but it wasn't exactly what she imagined. So about six months ago, we started down this journey um, and it's probably going to take another six months or a year, but because she's completely rebuilding her offer and building out a team and that takes time. You know, we had an option through the EIDL, the Small Business Administration, to take out north of a hundred thousand dollar loan to finance these activities. And this restructuring of our business would not have happened if we didn't have that backing. And yeah. the conversation, I just had a meeting with her the other day. The conversation was is now she can confidently step away from her business for probably more than a month and the fulfillment won't miss a beat. Yep. Right. Now, what, what's going to happen is once she completes the front end of the marketing, now she has a fully functioning business. So now she doesn't have a job. She actually has a business. Well, and I think that's a good point that you bring up there because so much of the time entrepreneurs get into you know, becoming an entrepreneur for one reason or another. Me, for example, I wanted freedom. Um, you know, I, I've told the story a million times that I couldn't go to my son's uh, tonsillectomy surgery when he was three years old. And, and from that day forward, I, I swore that I was not going to miss another situation like that um, because of a job. And so 
Um, that's why I ultimately became an entrepreneur. Some people want unlimited income. People want to just, just help people, but we get into these situations and we become employees of our own business, basically work ourselves into this job, this narrow job, and we can't get our way, our way out. And so how do we become the CEO of our business so that we can go back to why we got into this in the first place? Yeah. You hit that right on top of like most entrepreneurs just have a job. They don't have a business. Um, and in order to change that, it's going to take a lot of confidence. It's going to take risk. It's going to take um, a plan. Um, but the good thing is it can all come together if you if you have everything put the like if you have the right strategy put in place, mm-hmm. you can have a business someday. Yep, absolutely. What we're trying to get out here is we've talked in our past episodes about having some kind of a buffer for these times of scale pullback. Um, so, you know, our businesses are going to go through a recession period. It, it's just part of economics, really. We've talked about obtaining credit before you need it or having cash reserves in your business, either through your own personal reserves or maybe fa- friends or family members are going to help invest in your business. But it's so important that we have some sort of ability, like Sean said, to have a backstop. And in this particular case, she had the EIDL that she was able to utilize um, during that time of recession for her business. So she's able to rebuild and move forward. And so having that backstop and again, obtaining credit before you need it because lenders aren't going to want to lend you during time of hardship. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that we don't want to do when cash flow is getting tight is we don't want to lower our prices or our services. We don't want to start becoming a yes man. Mm-hmm. Um, this client does absolutely not meet my criteria of clientele, but because cash is tight, I'm going to go ahead and say yes anyway. And before you know it, you're running a completely different business than what you had imagined. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to take this even a step further. And sometimes it's not all about price. One thing that we have to figure out when we are setting prices um, is your gross profit margin. You know, and I've spent the last couple of weeks in meetings discussing the the offerings and the products of our clients and how they're offering it and how they're priced. And to be most honest, a lot of them start out by just shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they undercut their ability to be profitable um, because they're just not informed of margins that they need to run in their business. Um, so we typically work with businesses that are scaling and bringing on teams for fulfillment. So we really have to watch the gross profit margins or the margins in people's businesses. Um, So I kind of want to dive in and have a little educational piece on something that business owners really need to focus on. And that's understanding this gross profit margin that I'm talking about. I'm glad that we're getting into this because it is such a common thing for especially health and fitness entrepreneurs just to say, oh, I'm going to charge $200 a month. Like I think that's a price that would sell um, but yet I can make money on like, there's no valid, there's no validity behind why we're choosing $200 a month or, or whatever that number is. But now if we can work into this, we can decide what our price points need to be. Um, today we'll, we'll have a different episode down the road to really dial it in. But today we just want to focus on gross profit margin. And that's the variable cost of the sales and fulfillment of your services or product. So if you run a 50% gross profit margin, that means only 50 cents on the dollar is available for the operations of the business and owner's compensation, um, things like debt, things like growth savings. Marketing strategy. Yeah. So if you're running 50 cents on the dollar, that means you only have 50% left after sales and fulfillment. So 50 cents is only on the dollar available for the operations of your business. And 
let me tell you, it doesn't change. So no matter if you have a $1 million business or a $10 million business, your gross margin is the same. You can't outrun it. You only can fix it. Yeah. So let's, let's break this down a little bit of what goes into the gross profit margin. And I, yeah. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I've seen coaches where they have subcontractors underneath of them and they're giving them upwards of 60% of revenue of that client. And how on earth are you going to get paid? You're going to pay for your marketing strategy. You're going to pay for all of your business expenses, um, you know, taxes on top of that too. I mean, taxes are 15% of that money yet in $3 or 3% strike fee. I mean, et cetera. And you're taking 40%. It's important. I'm glad that you're bringing this up so that we can break this down for you guys. So what we need to do is figure out your monthly reoccurring income per client. Now, if you charge a lump sum for six months, three months, just break it down on a monthly basis so we can get the number here. And then we need to subtract all our variable cost. And that means like our contractor cost. It doesn't matter if they're on percentage or fixed fee, we can calculate this. So figure out what the contractor cost, figure out what the merchant cost is like Stripe or FinFi. Figure you out have, um, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I think that's the biggest question. Do you have a recommended across the board, a subcontractor fee or a percentage? No, but it'll all come together when I, once I break this down. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then we're going to figure out client gifts, um, client programming. So if you provide programming, what does that cost? If you provide blood work for your client, what does that cost? You need to factor all this in what it's going to cost you per client. So you subtract that from the revenue, and then you take that number, what's left over, and divide it by your revenue. And this is your gross profit margin. And you'll be surprised, even high ticket coaches that, that charge a lot of money to work with them, they're still running a below a 50% profit margin. Which, hear me on this, you won't make it out of the black hole running a business under a 50% profit margin when you're starting to scale. I've seen a hundred times, you know, I don't just work with one or two coaches. I've seen it. I've worked with over hundreds at this point. And that low profit margin is you just can't survive the initial scaling of your business. Now, once you make it over the hump of let's say maybe 3 million, you can start getting by with a lower profit margin because you eventually run out the fixed operation operations cost. So early stages, you're going to need to be running um, and scaling. You're going to need to be running in the 60s, if not close to a 70% gross profit margin to get out of this black hole, to get past of that two, $3 million size of a company. And then you have a little bit more cash flow, a little bit more freedom to, to do things um, to grow even further. So honestly, I would work with a professional because they might seem like a cost up front, but they're going to be worth their weight in gold if you nail this. You know, something simple like gross profit margin. If you're not calculating this and knowing where you're at, it could cost you hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars over your career. Yep, absolutely. And not only that, but you're going to quickly run into a brick wall and have to reassess. And you can't go back to somebody that you're already paying X amount and say, hey, we're going to make you, you know, run the same services, but we're going to, you know, we have to cut back on your, on what you're being compensated for. And Mm -hmm. so you want to avoid having to go back and, and redo something because you didn't do the homework ahead of time. Yeah. So just break it down, revenue coming in per month, per client, and then subtract all your variable costs for sales and fulfillment. And now you're going to come up and you're going to take that number, divide it by your, by your revenue again. And that's going to be your gross profit margin. 
And for our industry and our clients that are looking to scale, you're going to need to be in the 60s, if not set north of 70% gross profit margin. Yep. I see it every day, people coming in at 50 or below and they're struggling. Yep. And they're, they may have a million dollar business. And by the time it's all said and done, they're, they're running below a, a 10% net profit margin, which mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but if I'm running a million dollar business and I'm making $100,000, I, I don't know if it's It doesn't matter if you headache. had a $50,000 month, $100,000 a month, if you aren't making any of that, if none of that's coming back to you, what's mm-hmm. it matter? You're doing all that work for nothing. So you not only, um, cause when you're scaling, you're willing to reinvest in the business and maybe, um, suppress your, your lifestyle for a few years, but absolutely. even on the scaling, there's just nothing left. So absolutely. Because otherwise there's no, um, light at the end of the tunnel, there's no break in sight. And I, you know, we can all go hard for a certain period of time. Every single one of us has that in us, but ultimately we're going to want to have a point of rest, or we're going to want to have the opportunity to have other arms of our business or, you know, do other things in business and not just grind in our business here on out for the rest of our lives. So, um, so it really is important to understand your numbers here. Yeah. And to answer your earlier question about what we should be paying contractors, that depends. We have to do the calculation. We've got to figure out what we're going to charge the client. Where where does the contractor fit within that profit margin that I need to be running? And then that's what we're needing to pay our contractors. Yeah, it really does. A lot of this comes to working backwards, you know, from that final number that you're going to need. Yeah. And the key is um, I listed out several of the variable costs, but a lot of times people are just taking like their contractor expense and they're forgetting about the 3% stripe or the 10% um, to FinFi or the five to 10% for the sales team. Right. And it yeah. just adds up and adds up. Oh, now my variable or my gross profit margin is way, way lower than I actually thought it was. And that, yeah. like I said, you can't outrun that. You can only fix it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, every little thing you've got to have all of your office expenses to do what you do. You've got to have your marketing you know, things going, maybe some of you have a VA of some kind. I mean, you have to leave some money left over to be able to have those as an option. Mm -hmm. Yep. And those are all part of running a business that you wouldn't have gotten the client in the first place had you not done those things. So, um, so it's important to know that. So now let's move on to some things that we should be doing to prepare for when cash flow is tight. So like we've talked, obtaining a line of credit, or having cash reserves ahead of time. Again, we talked about this in detail on a previous episode. I'll, I'm going to link that in the show notes um, because that is one of the most important things and you can't wait till it's too late to you know, get hold of those things. Um, paying your recurring bills on a business credit card. Um, this is great. This is a game changer for a lot of business owners because it allows you to choose the due date and it allows you to have flexibility with the cash that you have on hand. It takes a little bit of time to get everything moved over, but it's so worth it when you do. And then reviewing your cash flow statement. One thing that this will tell you is if you need to change something ahead of time. So knowing this information will help you stay ahead and allow you to be, like I said before, a real business owner, the owner of your business, the CEO, instead of an employee to your business. Let's talk about what we need to be doing with our cash when cash flow is going well um, to kind of turn the tables a little bit. So donate to charities, buy cars, buy a whole bunch of other business expenses so that you can save money on taxes, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, so I like to say tax decisions 
should only be a passenger on the bus. They shouldn't be driving the bus. <laughs> think about that for a second. You know, that's, I think if you took that into business, you're going to make a lot better business decisions. We've personally had experiences. Amanda mentioned her insurance agency. Everything was a write-off. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was a write-off. Um, but that's I, a lot of times what charities and sales people will lead with is what's a write-off for your business. I mean, they will all lead with that every time. This keeps adding up and then there's no profits left over because you wanted to save money on taxes. I, I grew up on the farm. Um, I, I've been growing up, I've been around business for, I would say either growing up around it or running our own businesses for 30 years. I mean, 19 years old, I was on the farm watching our family make business decisions because they, they had a good year in farming and didn't want to pay taxes. So they went and purchased equipment to get deductions. So they didn't have yeah. to pay taxes, but then forgetting that next year, we don't know what commodity prices are going to be. So we come to next year and commodity prices are down. Right. But now we have this debt payment on this piece of equipment that we bought the year before. Yeah. And in reality, it just becomes a shit show year after year because you're just fighting that tax game. And then you can get behind when you have some bad years. And obviously, I've been working with business owners now for a lot of years on the financial side. And I see it in every industry. I see it all the time, every day that people are not worried about their profits. They're just worrying about saving the tax dollar. Um, and this is again where you're like understanding your numbers, reviewing your financial statements will come in handy. And don't forget that if you're paying taxes, it means you're making money. So mm -hmm. it's not a terrible thing to owe taxes, right? And yeah, we don't want to leave the IRS a tip, but yes. ultimately it means that you're making money. You nailed it right on top of the head is we don't want to leave them a tip. So if you're making millions of dollars and you have to pay a little bit in taxes, but we've taken advantage of every loophole, every strategy possible, you're doing something right. But you're making it from a financially educated decision versus a shooting from the hip. Sure, I'll donate to this charity or purchase this car or whatever. Okay. So we talk a lot about the FitPro profit formula. And again, I wanted to bring that up because this is the initial step to understanding cash flow, to understanding the numbers in your business, and to really being able to review those financial statements. So utilize the FitPro Profit Formula. You can go to our website, you can download it there. But once you begin to separate your finances, your business from personal, you have reoccurring revenue going into your profit account and your tax account, your business will really start to make a lot of sense. And so will that statement of cash flows. Yeah, you're um, going to start understanding the cash flow of your business. And that's what we want to provide here is so you can make informed decisions with not burying your, your head into like the actual financial statements itself. By following the FitPro Profit formula, you can literally make a lot of these decisions by looking at your cell phone and your, your banking app and looking at what you got in taxes and profit and operations um, to make those like fast uh, informed decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is going to give you the freedom to pull from your business's cash reserves instead of having to pull from debt. You know, when you have these reserves built up, it's pretty awesome. If you're at an event and and there, you know, it's a $30,000 buy-in and you can confidently say, "Yes, this is the best decision for my business. Pay it in cash." Or, you know, like right. we talked, sometimes you don't always want to pay those things in cash, but you can confidently make those decisions. Right, because if you 10x your investment, Awesome. But yeah. if you lose your investment, it did not affect your operations or your business one bit because right. you took it from the profit account, the account that you were going to reinvest in yourself, anyways. Yep, absolutely. Another thing is, is when cash flow is is positive and you're utilizing the profit formula, 
you have plenty going into your profit reserves account. John talks about this a lot, but there is a threshold there where you don't necessarily want that to get too big when you could be utilizing some strategies. Yeah, absolutely. The reason why we don't want it to get too big is now you're leaving money on the table, right? There's there's a certain point the reserves are going to be excessive and it could be costing you tons of money, tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of dollars, just leaving it sit there and doing nothing for you. So you need to put the money to work. Um, but being able to separate those cash um, from the operations to profit and tax, you're going to know what is excess. And then you're going to be able to make that decision of, okay, now I have my emergency reserves met. I have my excess reserves all met. What do we do next? And now you can start making business decisions um, and knowing that it's not going to affect the operations or jeopardize your business. This episode of the Fit CFO Show is also brought to you by Fit Wealth Advisors. Sean and Amanda created Fit Wealth Advisors to bridge the gap between your business finances and your personal financial wealth. Know where your future is headed. Visit fitwealthadvisors.com. Yeah, and that's when you can really start to make moves in your business um, and really start to scale when you have yeah, opportunities yeah. there. Awesome. So let's kind of bring this around. The difference between cash flow and profit are two completely different things. You may have noticed this when filing your taxes. And then what are some don'ts when cash flow is getting tight in business? We definitely don't want to be pumping the brakes on our activities and our strategies because, again, what we see now. What we are doing now is going to be showing up three to six months from now. And so we're just going to be making things worse if we're pumping the brakes on everything. Don't lower your prices, change services simply because cash flow is tight. This is why we talk about having reserves, having um, you know credit if needed to be able to push through those tight times. And then some of the things that we definitely want to be doing when cash flow is going well, again, we want to be basically making sure we're meeting our emergency reserves. Once we have those met, we definitely want to be having our tax dollars uh, met. And then we want to be making sure that we're able to put our money to work once we've reached that point as well. Awesome. Thanks for summing all that up. I couldn't agree more. Um, I love the breakdown of the do's and don'ts. And obviously a lot of this, I think is going to boil down to having a plan and not just making emotional decisions. Yeah. Um, sometimes having a, an outside um, set of eyes look at this is going to be beneficial or at least being able to not be blinded and not be emotionally attached to the decisions that you need to make in business. Absolutely. Couldn't set it better. All right, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you shared this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.